0: Welcome to the weekly Dharma Talk podcast from the Columbus Karma Teksam Choling Buddhist Meditation Center. This week's Dharma Talk is entitled Confession Practices in Buddhism by Kathy Lamo Jackson. How do Buddhist practitioners cope with being human? With honesty of thought, word, and actions. In today's Dharma Talk, We'll explore various teachings, prayers, and practices related to confession in Buddhism. If you like our Dharma Talk series, please consider donating to Columbus Karma Texam Choling at columbusktc.org. Enjoy the podcast. Hi,
1: everyone. My name is Kathy Lama Jackson, and I am going to be teaching today on Buddhist confessions. But before I begin that, I just want to welcome everyone here. Today and this whole week and last week are very auspicious, particularly in the Tibetan tradition. So why? Because it's New Year's. Um, Often you hear people say Losar, which actually means New Year and it is considered a time of great auspiciousness. So just to kind of give you a little background on everything, a week or so before Losar, at most monasteries, they're spending time doing Mahakala practices to remove obstacles of the past year. And then on Losar morning, everyone offers all kinds of beautiful things. The shrine is set up beautifully with all kinds of wonderful food and snacks. And then we do often do the green Tara practice. And then the next two weeks are considered extraordinarily auspicious. And it is considered the time to do as much practice as you can. And they're actually multiplier days. So everything we do is multiplied by the millions. So this is the time to really have an auspicious time to do virtuous things, make offerings to your center your monasteries. I'm not doing this as a plug for our center, but that's always auspicious. To feed animals, to feed the poor. Um, on your shrines, um, like the offerings on my shrine the other night, it was so cold. I decided to take some of them down and give them to the animals because it was very frigid out. And that's fine to feed the animals that way and to feed the birds and just to do a lot of practice. So, and why is that so? Because one of the big Buddhist holy days is this coming Tuesday. Um, actually, on the 16th, whatever day that is. The 16th of February. I'm doing this talk on February. I don't even know what the date is. I think it's February 6, 2022 on a Sunday. So you might be hearing this later on. And this, the second week after New Year's, because this is a lunar New Year, we have a practice called Chocho Duchenne. And that is also, also considered. I'm going to read exactly the the translation of this. Hold on. Let me look. So, Chocho Juchen are also called the Festival of Miracles and can also be translated as the Great Day of Miraculous Manifestations because it is commemorated at this time that during, after Losar, of course, back in the time of the Buddha, I'm not sure how they celebrated everything. But for two weeks, every day for two weeks, he did various miracles in order to support everyone in order, not in terms of finances, but in order to support people to start practicing of anything virtuous. And one story that Kempekar Chirimbashi tells to give the example of miracles, people were very cynical back then. They had probably other traditions and they really weren't Following a very virtuous life, some of them. So, the Buddha, like everyone else, did, in order to brush his teeth, broke a twig off of probably the neem tree, and you soak it in your mouth a little bit before you brush your teeth with this twig. You chew on the edge a little bit, so it kind of gets a little bristly. And after he brushed his teeth, he took the twig, planted it into the ground, and for 500 miles, fruit trees appeared. And so they benefited everyone. So instead of teaching, he taught sometimes not with words, but with actions. So that's why this week is particularly coming up on the 16th of February. It's considered a very wonderful day. So I hope you have a good next, next week, you get what another week now, a little bit more than a week to do practice. I guess it's in two weeks when this is coming up. And, um, and. One of the practices I thought maybe we could talk about now is confession. We don't talk about it all that much in Buddhism. Um, usually we come across it when we take the Bodhisattva vow. So now I'm assuming a lot of you are Buddhists, and I shouldn't do that. So I'm going to backtrack and explain a little bit more. So historically, when Shakyamuni taught, he primarily focused on us to live a very good, virtuous life. And we really have to be realistic here. Here we are thousands of years later, and we're still born as humans. We still have a lot of neurotic patterns, obstacles in our lives, neuroses, and what do we do with them? Do we, are we honest about this, or do we just think, well, my life is chugging along pretty well. I have comfortable clothes. I live in a comfortable condo. I have heat and air conditioning, food in my belly, a nice job, wonderful husband, um, a car that works. So I'm so happy, am I even thinking about maybe all the things I've done wrong? Not now, but probably now, but throughout all my lives. Why am I still here? Why am I still born in the human realm? Why am I not yet a Buddha? The goal of all Buddhists, which we sometimes forget and lack confidence in, is that one day we will actually become an enlightened being. We'll become a Buddha. That is the goal of the practices. It's not just to sit there and meditate and feel nice and warm and cozy. That's a nice side effect sometimes. That's not the goal. The goal is to become awakened. So the Buddha, in all of his skillful means, gave us so many opportunities to start developing so that we become awakened. And we do this by first we enter the path by taking refuge in the Buddha, his teachings, called the Dharma, and support from the community called the Sangha. But after that, we have other commitments we make if we wish. And in our tradition, as karmakagyu practitioners or students of the Vajrayana or the Himalayan School of Buddhism, we also deeply embrace the Mahayana traditions of taking the Bodhisattva vow. And the Bodhisattva vow is one that is, I think, the one that changed my life. Because it was there I was introduced to the concept of Buddhist-style confession. And also introduced to the concept that other beings have been my mother in past lives, have been my mother's and when we take this vow we actually do confess everything from the past and then we actually using a formal prayer called the Confession of the 35 Buddhas and then our teacher confers the vows and we take them and we don't only take them for this lifetime we take this until we become enlightened so as many other lifetimes. So for some of us, we've probably taken this zillions of lifetimes. And in order to keep the vow strong, in order to nourish the vow, we do confession. It's a type of reality check. And the formal confessions are amazing because they kind of have an entire list of everything we've ever done, probably. Anything we might be doing or may do in the future. I'm going to look at my notes for a second. I want to just go over a few things. So first I want to mention the word confession. I was raised Catholic. So, and I'm very grateful to my upbringing. So I do know that there are different concepts when we say the word confession. In the Buddhist tradition, we do not confess to someone and have them forgive us. That is not our tradition. So we're going to talk a little bit more about that today. But let's kind of um visit the term confession. And most of these teachings are from um, so Lama Kathy Wesley who is our resident Lama. We have three resident Lamas now and she is has been our resident Lama for over 25 years. She has a wonderful website and I'm going to go over resources later but I always like to salt and pepper them right now. Um, LamaKathy.net So it's L-A-M-A-K-A-T-H-Y And on there, she has a whole series of short, really concise teachings that are wonderful. And one of them is called Confession as a Daily Practice. So I've spent an entire week, many weeks looking for resources for this practice that we're going to talk about today, completely forgetting that she had that. And then I found something I did back in 2004. So I'm very grateful for all these notes because often we scan through various teachings and there aren't many books just directly on these practices. So what are they? So when we do take confession, we can use a formal prayer. There's two main formal prayers, Confession of the 35 Buddhas. There's also called the General Confession. Also, if you do the Vajrasattva practice, which is um, one of called our preliminary of Mahamudra, is the second major practice. We do 111,000 confessions and take the Bodhisattva vow. And then the second one is Vajrasattva, where you have to get special instructions. And there is also, we do confession practices. So those are some of the main sources. But whenever we do a lot of sadhanas or daily prayers, such as Chenrezig, Amitabha, I think Green Tara, in there are embedded something called the seven-branch prayer which I'm gonna talk on next week. And one of them, one of the seven is also confession. So daily when we're doing other practices, we can actually be reminded right there to do the confession. So once you get this down, then just even thinking about it, you'll be reminded. So now let me explore the world of definitions, so you have a little better idea. According to Rinpoche, my teacher is, is Kemakarcha Rinpoche, who passed away in 2019, who was a very brilliant teacher, and we were always very much blessed and graced by brilliant translators, particularly Lama Yeshigamso, and he translated a lot of this. And this, these excerpts I'm going to talk about in the next few minutes are all from a teaching from 1999, from the 10-day teaching on Pointing Out Dharma <clears throat> so the definition of confession is that they purify wrongdoings and obscurations. This is done by reciting prayers of confession or mantras of purification. So in the case of Vajrasapa, you can actually purify without mantra. I've read in many texts, you can purify by using the mantra of Chamezi, simply by saying, Hum after you do the four powers, which we're going to talk about. So, during confession, of using the prayers or the mantras, this is where one reveals their wrongdoings, where we express very deep regret and resolve not to commit them again. And his definition of wrongdoing was referring to the ripening of unvirtuous actions as experience, ripening of negative karma as an unpleasant experience. And obscurations are more refers to the concealment of our innate nature, which comes from unvirtuous actions, making it harder to recognize that. So basically, confessions consist of seeing something that I have done wrong and to purify it. I want to backtrack for a moment and really talk about, I mentioned our mothers of the past. So all of these notes primarily are from um, the 2000. A nine teaching that Rinpoche gave. Did I say 2009? I think that was wrong. It was 1999 teaching. Um, so when you become a Buddhist, oh, I talked about you take refuge, and this causes all of your actions to become focused towards more liberation so that you may then help everyone. And the second step is we take the bodhisattva vow. This is done in order to stop thinking about yourself. Our entire lives are around my house, my spouse, my job, my food, my opinions, my friends. And we forget that since beginning this time, every person in this entire universe has likely been our mother. They have given birth to us, nursed us, made great sacrifices for us, possibly um, committed negativity so that they could support us and nurture us. And what's so important to remember is that they are probably still suffering and going through the cycle of rebirth and death as we are. So the practices that we do, especially with confession, We do for our own wrongdoings, but we pray for them also. And we also need to develop profound sense of gratitude for every person you meet and see or even imagine. This is a very interesting practice to do. It's very tied in with the Bodhisattva vow. And being opinionated person that I am, it's a very powerful practice for me. It's very important that we're humbled that we see goodness in everyone. We try and figure out maybe why they're acting the way they are and to have more compassion for them. And this really tenderizes your heart to think of every living being as having been somewhat connected with you and to be there for them, even when you're doing confessions, exposing and being very transparent of your own weaknesses putting out also gratitude to them and praying for them because they may not be in any place at this time to do this practice. So let's now get to the heart of the matter. So how do we do this confession? Well, throughout several books, especially if you do Lundro, um you will run across this when you're doing vajrasattva practice. And Um, If you're of the Galupa tradition, you probably already know about this practice. Now, so when we do these prayers, sort of some of this is built into the prayer, but I would say before and after, you should review these four powers. And I'm going to talk about that for a second. First, I won't keep you hanging. The four powers are the power of support. So when you're saying the vow, you actually are visualizing usually the Buddhist Bodhisattvas of all times, past, present, and future, in front of you in the sky. So they will be your support team. They will be cheering for you to be awakened. So we need power of support or reliance. There's a lot of R's in this one. Let's use the power of reliance as your team. Power of renunciation. You actually recognize your wrongdoings. And how do you recognize this? And you have very intense regret with this. So the power of renunciation is followed by the power of remedy or remedial conduct. And this is where you do something about what you've done. And this is where we use the prayers. The prayers will remind us of number two of what we should be renouncing. And Rinpoche talks a lot about the power of remedy. And the last one is the power of resolution. to do this again so again i'll go over it we're going to have the power of support our team what we're renouncing the remedy which is doing the prayers and doing these powers and the fourth one is resolution which i'll talk about in a moment so and and so you can do this with vajrasatha you can do it with um, just your daily practice And let's talk for a moment just about, well, Kathy, I don't have these things. Well, you know, they're all over the, on YouTube, thank goodness, and the internet. So you can always look up profession of the 35 Buddhas. I'm going to talk about their history in a moment. That is often where we start. Now, I think if you are in a city, even with COVID anymore, things are kind of opening up again. Wherever you are, um, you can, contact teachers and see if they can give you the reading transmission of the text. That would be really nice. That way you would get, it makes it much more powerful to have that blessing from the teachers and saying the, um, the prayers over you. And now a lot of our teachers are starting to give these reading transmissions online, which has never been done before, not in our tradition. So um, that's how I would approach this. I would definitely, um, have someone, especially if you're interested in the Confession of the 35 Buddhists, which I'm going to read part of it today to introduce you to that. Now, what about vajrasapa? Well, in that practice is part of the lundro. It's N-G-O-N-D-R-O. And this is a preliminary practice. and um, But it's very wonderful, preliminary to Mahamudra practices. So it's not something one just jumps into the first week of becoming a Buddhist. So first you would take a refuge um, from a teacher that would represent all the Buddhas, and then you would take the Bodhisattva vow. And while there, you would do this. So I'm hoping that those watching might have already done some of these. If not, please check out our teachers, Lama Kathy, Lama Adam, Lama Tom, because they're always giving programs and you can always contact our center. And it's right here at the bottom of the screen, Columbus KTC, that's Karma Texan Chilling, And if you wish to get any of these transmuting transmissions. So, where do you find the text? You can find the text, um, especially the Confession of the 35 Buddhas, from our monastery bookstore. I think it costs $10. It's called this. I'm going to tell you why in a moment the Three Skanda Sutra, or the Confession has several names. Um, And our bookstore in our monastery is called Namze Bongzo. I've got to start putting up little blurbs here. It's N-A-M-S-C. The second word is Bongzo, B-A-N-G-D-Z-O. And it's part of our mother monastery of KTD or Kermitria. Thank you. Thank you, Lama Adam. So that is a wonderful source to get the text for ten whole dollars. But if you want to get it today, just go online and look for it. Um, Rickpo Wiki might have it. Also, I would go to, um, YouTube. YouTube, I've seen um, His Holiness, the Karmapa, who's the head of our lineage. He um, does some wonderful chanting of it, actually with it on the screen. So once you get the text, we usually chant it in Tibetan. But then we chant it in English or whatever your native tongue is, because you want to really be able to feel this. And now I'm going to be um, going over the four powers again, this time reading Lama Kathy's notes, which may be a little different. So um, she said we make confession by reciting a confession liturgy such as Lama Vajra Holder, which is called the General Confession. We do that in some of our nunate practices, but um, I'm not sure if people do it daily or not. And then also the Prayer of the 35 Buddhas or Confession. And we do this with speech while practicing what is called. So first with our speech, we're saying the words of the Confession with our mind, we're doing the four powers. And the four powers are, this is Perlama Kathy Wesley from her site, Lamakathy.net. the power of reliance. We sit in the presence of a representation of the Buddha and Bodhisattvas, or we visualize them in front of us. We rely upon them as objects of refuge and as witnesses of our confession. I think that's a very important word. They really are our witnesses. The Buddha and Bodhisattvas are suitable witnesses because they are both flawless and compassionate. The second one is the power of renunciation. Next, we review our actions. and understanding them to be wrong, we feel intense regret for them. In essence, we renounce our negative actions which have harmed others and interfered with our quest for Buddhahood. The third is the power of remedy. We recite the liturgy of confession with a conscious intention that it, its remedy it is a remedy and a repair. We don't just mouth the words. We speak them from our heart. That was definitely by Lonnie Kathy. And the fourth is resolution. In a recitation of the liturgy of confession, we resolve not to commit the negative actions ever again. So Kempo Kartu Rinpoche has a lot to say about the last one, which is resolution. This is during a question and answer period during that teaching I mentioned. The question is, I feel there is some contradiction in the power of resolution. For example, if in- confessing an instance of anger I resolve that I will never do this again, I feel that I'm lying. There's no question in my mind that I'm going to do this again. And Rinpoche's answer is, that would be true, as you say, if you articulated the resolution as a formal commitment in the presence of all the Buddhas and Bodhisattvas. If you were to say, all Buddhas and Bodhisattvas, please hear me, from today onward, I will never again become angry, then that would be a little ambitious. You can make that kind of promise when you're actually at the first level of being a Bodhisattva. However... You have to make that kind of commitment to yourself. You have to say to yourself, I won't get angry. I won't allow myself to get angry again. The more you resolve not to get angry, the more you want not to be angry. The less often you will ever be angry. You will gradually lessen and weaken this klesha, And you will actually wear it out. Otherwise there's no resolve whatsoever. Then it's just like pouring something into a cup that has a hole in it. So I thought that was very interesting line, he said, that you make this commitment to yourself. And going back to Lama Kathy's lovely talk, I want to talk a little bit now about the confession of the thirty five Buddhas. This is one of my favorite prayers. I have no idea why. It's done kind of fast. The first part of it, it is, it's also called the Sutra of the Three Heaps. The first part is homage. The second part is repentance. And the third section of the text is dedication. It's a little lengthy, but not too long. And in the beginning, it might seem a little hard because there's a lot of Tibetan names but I would highly recommend you trying it out. And let's talk about the history of this practice. I forgot about this, and I was so happy to reread this and relearn it. It is also called the Sutra of the Three Heaps because it's divided into three sections, or Tri-Scan Dharma Sutra. So this is from the time of the Buddha. And here's the history, this is the origin. A group of 35 monks, having taken the bodhisattva vow, while they were out begging for alms, inadvertently provoked the death of a child that they, during their rounds, wishing to purify themselves and being just utterly full of remorse, they asked one of the closest disciples of the Buddha, Upali, to request from the Buddha what they should do, how they should repent this. The Buddha uttered a brief sutra, which is this prayer, in which the 35 Buddhas are mentioned, relating to the 35 monks. It is said that the very moment Shakyamuni Buddha uttered this sutra, his body radiated a powerful light within which 34 Buddhas appeared and circled him in space. Shakyamuni Buddha is the 35th of the thirty is one of the thirty-five Buddhas. So the monks caused the death of a child. They were very remorseful. They went, and the Lord Buddha then said these words, and then the light came from his body, and thirty-four other Buddhas appeared. After seeing this, the thirty-five monks prostrated, made offerings. And this awakened Bodhicitta within their minds, and they took refuge in all the 35 Buddhas. They repented their faults, and by this very act, they attained the Bodhisattva stage of enlightenment. So, this recitation of the sutra is quite common among Tibetans. And she quoted um, Song Kampa, who is the founder of the Galupa school of Tibetan Buddhism, is famous for having made a 100,000 prostrations in front of the, each of the 35 Buddhas. And that's, a during Nundro for the Galupas, they actually do visualize the 35 Buddhas and prostrate to each of them. So it's, and they say each of their names um, separately. So they do a different form than we do. So that is the story of the confession of the 35 Buddhas. And so while we're doing this prayer, we actually then think of the four powers. So I I mentioned that the three heaps of collections of activities done while confession is the confession, the rejoicing, and dedication of merit. But Bokar Rinpoche is divided into the heap of homage, heap of repentance, and heap of dedication. So I thought now for a few minutes that are left, I don't think there's Q&A on this. I would read a little bit of the, 30, the Sutra of the 35 Buddhas. I'm not going to read the entire thing. So I'm going to read the beginning, and then I'll just let you know there's going to be 35 other names. So I will do this in English. So it begins, All we sentient beings take refuge in the Lama. We take refuge in the Buddha. We take refuge in the Dharma. We take refuge in the Sangha. I bow to Bhagawan, the Tathagata the Arhat, the fully enlightened Buddha, Shakyamuni. And then it begins, I bow to nor- Dorje Ningpo Rabtu Jompa, I bow to Rinchen Utru. So sometimes if you're reading a translation of this in English, they will translate their Tibetan names. So it might look a little different. But they all begin with, I bow to or I prostrate. So we prostrate to all of the 35 Buddhas. So that was the first section, paying homage to them. And always recalling the story it's so moving that these monks did this for all of us because they did this with the intention to help those in the future that create any misdeed or any negative karma. And in this said, the only positive thing of negative obstacles, obscurations, of our negative places, is that we can repair them with these practices when this is done correctly with the four powers, with your heart completely trying to do this correctly in whatever way you can, you're forgiven. And this is, this is your action. So let's go on now to what are you repenting? And it begins. This is the middle of the text. You and however many more there are like you in the ten directions, you, the victorious ones, the Tathagatas, the Arhats, the perfectly and fully enlightened ones, the Buddhas, I pray to all of you to please turn your attention to me. I confess with repentance before all of you the unskillful actions I have done in this life and in one samsaric life after another throughout all of my lives without beginning, without end. I also confess all of my unskillful actions I have told others to do or been glad to see done which includes stealing or telling others to steal, being glad to see stealing from shrines or from the Sangha or from the Superior Sangha in the Ten Directions, committing the five sins of limitless consequence, telling others to do so or being glad to do so or being glad to see them done, following the path of the Ten Unskillful Actions, telling others to do them or being glad to see it being followed. These and whatever else I have done while being blinded by the veils of karma, causing birth in hell, birth in the realm of hungry ghosts, birth in the border land, birth among people holding views contrary to Buddha Dharma, birth as an ignorant one of Dharma, birth as a long life God, birth as one holding views contrary to Dharma, and whatever veils of karma that displeases the Buddhas. All this are repent before the victors, the Buddhists who are wisdom, who see, who witness, who measure fully, who know, who look, without hiding or disguising anything. So that was the second heap. So the first heap was saying all of their names and bringing them to mind. There's beautiful posters you can buy that show all of them. Sometimes they all look identical, but their hand gestures are different. And sometimes... Their form is completely different. Like Some look like Medicine Buddha. It's, it's really interesting the variety that's out there. First we did the heap of homage for a moment. Then we read repentance. Now we're going to do dedication and a summation. You are the Buddhas, the victors. Please turn to me. I dedicate whatsoever, whatever roots of merit I have planted in this life, in one samsaric life after another, throughout all of my lives without beginning or end, by giving even a small handful of food to an animal, by maintaining disciplined conduct, by remaining chaste, by bringing beings into complete maturing, by raising the bodhicitta, by any of the supreme wisdom that I have. Whatsoever roots of merit there may be in all of this, I gather it into a single whole, thus gathered, I dedicate it completely to what is the highest and insurpassable, to what is insurpassably insurpassable, to what is higher than highest, which means I dedicate it to the insurpassable, perfect, complete enlightenment. And then, sort of a summation, just as the Buddhists of the have dedicated, just as the future Buddhists will dedicate, And just as the present Buddhists dedicate, so I also perfectly and completely dedicate, repenting each and every sin, rejoicing in all merit, praying to all Buddhas to turn the wheel of Dharma. May I obtain what is most perfect and supreme the insurpassable wisdom to the most perfect men, the Buddhas who live now, who have lived, and are yet to come, the praise of whose qualities extend like a limitless ocean, and with folded hands I go to you for refuge. I confess each of the ten unskillful actions I have done, be they the three physical, the four oral, or the three mental ones. I confess the ten unskillful actions and the five sins of limitless consequence, and all the sins I have committed while my mind has been overpowered with ignorance, from time without beginning until this very moment. I confess each and every sin I have committed with my body, speech, and mind, while overpowered with desire, hatred, and mental dullness. By means of this presentation the Confession of Faults, may the five sins of limitless consequence and other sins I have done, while overpowered with ignorance, be completely purified. All the faults of all sentient beings from our bad karma being repented May they never be done again. May all the veils of karma be completely exhausted by prostrations, offerings, repentance, rejoicing in good deeds, by calling for the turning of the Dharma wheel and praying for the teachers to remain, whatever be the portion of positive karma I accumulate here, I dedicate this to enlightenment. So that was a short version of the thirty five confessions because Remember, I didn't read all of their names. There is a shorter prayer of confession called the General Confession that is beautiful that we also do in Yune. And I'm sorry, I forgot to get a copy of that to read for you. So those are some of the highlights of confession. And I hope that you're able to fit this into your daily practice somehow. But Bishay asked us if we can to do this every day. And um, I have one other one little story about this practice that I don't know if I've ever mentioned publicly, but I will. Um, I was in retreat for only a little while. Due to my lack of karma, I was not able to finish through your retreat. I left due to um, family problems with health issues at home, and probably me also. But I remember early on, we were pretty crowded. There were a lot of us in the retreat. It was an amazing group of... I was, Um, about nine or 10 other women. They were just amazing, just amazing people. They've all become incredible teachers and practitioners. But, you know, early in the retreat, the the weather was kind of dark because upstate New York, it gets a little dark there. And everyone for a little while was getting a little, we're still adjusting to one another. And our beloved retreat Lama, Lama Lodro, who's now the president of KTD Monastery. She went to Rinpoche and she wants to talk to him about us because the next day when we do the Sojong vows every morning, which includes this practice of, 37, of 35 Buddhists, um, it was suggested that if we don't view one another as a Buddha, then we should get up during the confession of the 35 Buddhas and do prostrations. Which is how it is done traditionally in Tibet. You don't just sit there and do it. You actually you know it by heart, so you're up doing the prost- prostration. Everyone stood up to do the practice to do the prostrations, and then we we all made it. I had to assign someone to read it so that we could actually do do the prayers together. But it was maybe the most moving thing I ever did because I'm very arrogant. And I had to admit that these people with all their different personalities were also Buddhas. They we were all on the path of Buddhahood. And it really humbled, I think, each and one of us. And after that, things just were so smooth. Every time we did the practice, every morning, this is a practice to repair everything and to take, retake your vows each day. Everyone tried to stand up all the time. It was just amazing. So. This is a very powerful prayer, and I hope that you can embrace it sometime in your life or meet it somewhere along the way. So I don't have a whole lot more to talk about. I'm sorry this is a short talk, but um, it's really lovely that you all came to visit me, or I visit you, and I pray that your practice goes very well in every way. And I pray that your obstacles are all removed so that you have time to practice and have resources so that you don't have to worry about always spending your entire life at work. But if you are at work, you can apply all of these practices. So let's take a moment. And now we're going to dedicate the merit of all of your patience of being here today, the generosity of your time, your joyful nature, your dedication to the Dharma. We should at this moment, Dedicate everything good, and also take a moment and express deep gratitude for those 35 months that thought of others when they they committed wrongdoing, so that we now have this practice. So let's spend a moment reflecting on that. Thank you, everyone. I wish you well and have wonderful practice and stay healthy out there. Thanks
0: again. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us for this week's Dharma Talk. We hope you enjoyed the podcast. If you did, please subscribe, rate, and review it on iTunes. To learn more about the Columbus Karma Texam Choling or to donate to support our Dharma Talk series, please visit our website at columbusktc.org. The opening and closing music for the podcast is Tibetan Flute Song by Tamding Arts at tamdingarts.com. Please join us again next week for another Dharma Talk.